Hello, hello. This is Reality of Reality, and I'm Aliza Rosen, a longtime TV producer and development executive. Every week on the podcast, I talk to interesting people in all aspects of unscripted content. Today on the podcast, a guy who keeps reality stars going long after their day in the sun is gone. Mark Marcuse is the founder and owner of Real Management. His company works with reality stars to make money after their reality paycheck is gone. I have to admit, I was a little snobbish about this one at first, but I was won over by Mark and actually came to see that a lot of the work that he's doing has social value. Not that it needs to, but our talk may make you think differently about the industry and the value of reality stars. Plus, Mark has some great insight on being a reality star since he was one himself, which is how this all started. Mark, I'm so happy you're here. I'm happier than you are. Really? Yeah, this is exciting. Oh, well, I'm That's excited really cool. too. This is we um so we you reached out to me, I guess I'd heard about the podcast and uh and I have to admit that I looked through your website and everything and I was oh, like Oh, it's terrible right now. Uh, I don't know. It's all sort of, you know, in my mind, my, my snobby uh, elevated reality mind. I was like, these are any kind of reps, all these has-beens. And, you know, and then we talked on the phone and I was totally won over. Oh, thank I you. thought you're smart and hilarious. And actually, the, your career is super fascinating. And what you do is really interesting. So shame on me for being a snob. Well, that wasn't me you spoke to. That was actually my intern. So this interview is <laughs> going to be really boring and horrible. Womp, womp. Um, actually, the website has been technologically frozen for two years, which is why <laughs> it looks terrible. No, really, it really has. And I just haven't had the time to sit down and invest, you you know, the, the couple thousand dollars or whatever in getting it back up and running because the business is doing so well right now. The website, social media is more important nowadays. It is. Sort of thing. So, so the website just, it's, it's a turkey right now, totally. I mean, it looks like I've had people from three years ago and nobody reasons. So right. I have someone for it. you to, to help if you need someone. Yeah, definitely. I'm always, I'm always looking for people who are cheap and in India that can do a long <laughs> sleep. She's in LA, but she's, she's reasonable. That's cool. Actually, you know, it's funny. <laughs> I always listen to my podcasts on, um, you know, I like double speed them. So I can get through them faster. Oh, yeah. A friend of mine does that, too, Mike Duffy. I'm like, how do you even understand what they're saying? Well, it sounds to me like you're high right now because I'm used to you talking like a mile a minute. <laughs> I am it's stoned, really and that's how I like to do every podcast. That's one hell of a podcast, actually. <laughs> but, yeah, you sound like you're just drugged up to me because I'm yeah. used to you talking a lot faster. Well, now you're revealing secrets, Mark. See, there you go. Sorry. <laughs> we can put that put that away. Put that away. That's funny. Um, okay, I don't even know where to start. So let's talk about what you actually do because um, – people need to understand that you've sort of carved out this very unique niche. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's people that do what you do, but not in the same way that you do it. Yeah. I mean, there's there's people who will, well, let me say what I do. I suppose <laughs> other people will be lost at this point because my parents still are after 13 years. <laughs> right. um, basically, I, I take people who've been on reality shows. So only existing talent. We don't develop talent. I don't know how to do it. And I would destroy your career if I tried. Um, but if you've been on a reality show and you have a following, and that second part is kind of key these days. It used to be just about anybody um, had a following back in the early days of reality TV. Everybody was a star off of the show, and that's no longer really the case. But if you have a following, we can monetize it. So we rep over 500 people. Um, at any given time, 20 to 30 are probably actively working, though. Um, and of those, we do college lecture tours with them. Very big in the college market, actually. Um, we'll do Instagram and social media promotions with them. So if you've ever been on a Teen Moms page and you see their detox tea post, that's probably been done through me. Um, we do, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I am a little sick, so I'm trying to fake it. 
Um, we also do um, promotions and marketing in general. So we did a lot with Macy's where we would have Project Runway cast members show up at their stores and announced openings and things of that nature. Um, and then we get them back on TV. So when casting people find out about us, they get pretty excited because if you wanted Richard Hatch from Survivor, <laughs> how the hell do you find Richard Hatch? I mean, CBS has no idea where he is at this point. I don't know. Right. I mean, well, they don't want to know where he is. But that being said... So they don't um, all have websites where they have contact info? You know, social media is social media's made it a little easier, but yeah. there are a lot of benefits going through an agent. Right. And, you know, if if you have somebody look, I'm a third party, and so if somebody's gonna be a pain in the butt for you, I'm gonna tell you so. I'm gonna say, look, that person from a name recognition standpoint is really great, but the truth of the matter is they're a bit of a diva. If you want to deal with that, that's a business decision yeah. you have to make. The other thing too is if somebody causes problems. Um, you know, I'm here with a stable of reality people I can replace with. So if somebody, this actually just happened with us. We had somebody who um, got sick. And so as a result, the gig was just off and they had been promoting it for months. And I was able to take another person from equal fame level from that show and swap them in last minute. <laughs> and so everybody was happy and things worked out. So there's a lot of benefits working with agent. And lastly, these, you know, reality star people were working at Starbucks a week ago. And the next thing you know, they have a million followers on Instagram. And so... Um, they don't know how to do business. They they don't yeah. know how to negotiate properly. And again, it can be intimidating to a person coming to us uh, because they're like, we don't want to deal with an agent. We just want to deal with a person. But the truth of the matter is if that person disappears or they get sick and you can't get a hold of them, you're you're screwed. So dealing with an agent gives you a lot of safety um, in the process. And it doesn't cost you anything else. It's free to you. Right. Right, so, that's, so that's our, you're getting your money from the star. Exactly. Yeah, we take a commission on the back end, exactly. Okay, cool. So I think that before we dive into it, we really should talk about your story because you were a reality show contestant, which yes. is amazing. And it's and so, weird. It's uh, it's sad and, and pathetic. But you can go with amazing. <laughs> I'll take that as a euphemism for me. And sad and pathetic just sounded sad and pathetic. Um, yeah, my history is really weird. Um, I, I actually went to medical school, uh, and I quit after a year and a half because— I hated it. But I came back to LA and joined the dot-com industry because you'd never guess, but I was a bit of a geek. Um, and I was building computers for all my friends. And this was in the mid to late 90s when that was the killer skill to have. Probably still is the killer skill to have. I should put that on my Tinder profile, actually. <laughs> so, well, I mean, you know, when you're me, you got to do everything you can to get them to swipe right. But I digress. <laughs> so, um, so then I wound up working at Microsoft up in Seattle um, on the office team. And then Disney Imagineering hired me. So I did research and development for the Disney parks. And they flew me back down to L.A. And I lived here again. I was from L.A. originally. I went to UCLA. Um, and then I did odd jobs for Sony and Honda and that sort of thing. So I was bored at work one day. And I was a huge reality show fan. Like I got together with friends to watch the initial uh, Survivor finale in 2000. I was huge on it, and I just ate it all up. I watched Amazing Race. I watched Big. I didn't watch Big Brother, but I do now. Um, but even like the weird ones that people don't remember, I loved all those shows. So, so I was at work and I was web browsing, and I got bored, and I, I was on Craigslist. And get your mind out of the gutter. And uh, <laughs> I saw an ad that said, "Are you are you the life of the party? Single men wanted for NBC reality show looks not important." I was like, "That's me." <laughs> so I pick up the phone. I call. Excuse me. I got their voicemail, and uh, and I just left a message. And I got a call back 15 minutes later. And I, I I had no interest in being on TV. Really, it wasn't a big goal of mine in life. I grew up in LA. Um, you know, the Saved by the Bell characters were 
at my school and stuff. Like it was just <laughs> right. no. Like, I literally I went to school Screech? with some of them. I, I used to hang out at Disneyland with Dustin oh, back God. in the day. Him and his dad Mark. Um, <laughs> so because we had I'm a Disney geek and we had annual passes and he did too and we used to always hang out. But in any event, so um, so they called me back 15 minutes later and they said, "Do you want to come on in?" And I was working in Pasadena for Countrywide Scam Artists at the time. Um, and I was like, sure, it's right down the street. You know, I'll, I'll, I'm dying to see what how they cast these things, what NBC is like. I didn't even think for a second I'd ever get on a show. So I went over there. I interviewed with uh, two guys who are amazing, and we're still friends, uh, Robert Mazza. Um, I know Robert. You know Robert, yeah. amazing guy. Uh, yeah, he's New York. And Andy yeah. Hirsch, if you know Andy. No. Um, he does, he's, he's moved on to like a lot of people's court stuff. Okay. And he does a lot of the, um, he works with Robin Roth, who you probably do know as well. But um, but really amazing guys. And so I go sit down with them and they interview me for an hour about my life, my sex life. You know, <laughs> they do the anal cavity check on oh, my yards. Not really. How uh, old were you? I was 30 at the time. So I was okay. pretty, which is a big difference because I was stable yeah. in my life. Yeah. So for me, this was just all, oh, this is cool. This is how they cast these things. Yeah. Okay. And they said, look, at the end of my interview, they came up to me and said, we really like you a lot. And I was like, okay, whatever. But you know. did you even know what it was for? No, but I figured that out really quickly. Look, <laughs> okay. I mean, look, if anything, I'm cute. I'm no GQ model. Okay, I get that. Um, so to me, I was like, I, I don't have a big ego. So to me, it was like, I know this isn't going to be The Bachelor. Right. <laughs> you know, I did, like my worry is you that I'd be the butt of the joke. Of some kind. Of some kind. Yeah. And I figured it out. I actually sent an email to my friend saying, look, I'm going to be gone for, this is later on, but when I realized I was on the show. Yeah. Not to give out spoilers. Yeah. Um, but uh, I said, look, I'm, it's clearly going to be geeky guys, a geeky guy dating show. I just hope I'm not the only geeky guy. And it's like a bunch of good looking girls. Yeah. Because then it really makes me look bad, yeah. you know, and but it, it didn't. It was an ensemble cast. So I figured it out long ago. And in fact, I figured out that there were models coming later on and it it freaked the shit out of production. Like they they went batshit crazy because I forgot my mic was on um, and I was telling people when we were filming and they were like, Mark, can we see you for a second? I was like, oh, crap. So you were like so, a bad reality star, basically. Yeah, because during my interviews, during my OTS, my one-on-ones, I would literally sit there and go, hey, what kind of camera is that? Are you shooting in, in high def? Because <laughs> like, at the time, it was a switchover. I'm like, oh, cool. So it was all about the equipment. Right. And so I wanted to learn. Yeah. You know, this was a carpe diem scenario. Right. Um, so in any event, so. Did you say what the name of the show was yet? Oh, no, I, did we? I don't even know if we did. Said it. Yeah, it was Average Joe. Okay, um, which was basically the Bachelor with geeky guys and a hot girl was right. the theory. I was emo. Um, I was geeky, but not like I had a very successful dating life, and I think <laughs> that they because I'm confident. Um, you know, like I said, I've I've done I've dated outside my league for whatever reason. <laughs> I've been lucky. Um, and 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 I find women with good crack addictions, which is really a tip it's for important. you guys who can't get a date. Um, so I think they wanted me as the short, confident guy in a group of guys who are, you know, I don't know if everyone's going to get a date, right. a lot of sad sack. And I wasn't sad sack. And I thought that I would look like this guy's delusional um, in the end on the show. Like, yeah, sure, he gets hot girls. But I've actually dated actresses who you know. I'm not going to say who they are. but oh, like, give us one name. No, I'm not going to. So, um, so in any event, so... The, here's what the weird thing is. So they so they say, we really love you. And I go back to work, whatever. I'm done because yeah. I'd seen everything. They call me the next day and they go, okay, we've got good news and bad news. The good news is we weren't blowing smoke up your ass. We really, really like you. We want you to be on the show. It's like, okay, what's the bad news? How can there be, that's the bad news as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. And they said, uh, we, 
the tape recorder didn't work. So we oh need you to God. come down here to do the exact same interview again. Tape recorder? Well, the videotape recorder. Okay. You know, the, vi- the camera, video okay. camera. I've, I'm sounding like an 80s child, which I am, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm actually a 70s child, but whatever. Um, okay, 50s. So, <laughs> so that being said, um, I had to go in the next day again and redo it. And I was fucking with the whole thing. So they'd say, well, Mark, tell us about your dating life. You know, have you ever been married or anything? And I'm going, why no? I've never been married. And I was just totally messing with them. And they even liked that more. So they gave it to the producers. <laughs> um, I was like, that's deja vu. I've never been asked that question before. You know, so I was right. totally screwing with them. Right. And push came to shove and they they did the psych exam, which I clearly <laughs> failed. And, you know, they do all the stuff to make sure you don't have herpes or HIV. Because if you give it to the girl on the show, she's going to sue the NBC, right? Um and uh, and I made it, and so they they bust us out to Palm Springs in April, March or April uh, of two thousand three, and um, and, and I that's did the where show. it was filmed. It in was Palm filmed Springs. in Palm Springs. And, and how funny, many weeks? Uh, well, the whole taping was about four or five weeks long. Oh wow, that's it. Um, I was there for about a week and a half of it, so it was, it was really one week, but I was bookended by weekends, so it kind of came out that way. So how yeah. long did it take for you to get kicked off? Um. The second episode. So there were six episodes. Okay. I was booted the second. But she it was one of those things where it was a bloodbath where she gave right. up. She killed like six people. <laughs> and she's she's a great person. Uh, we're still friends. Do you rep her? Uh, yeah, I've gotten her gigs after the whole thing, actually. That's she's really funny. sweet. She was on E! News for a while. She just had a boy, baby boy. Um, her name was Melina. And Melina was just, she's a, we're just a really sweet person. But, you know, she was, so this is the funny thing. So it's average Joe, right? So if you're looking for entertaining, funny, intelligent, successful men who may not be GQ models, which racial community do you shoot for? Jews, right? It's so hysterical. we're all, we're all so Jews everyone's out there. Jewish. So we called it average Jew, <laughs> right? And, and, and Adam, the guy who didn't hysterical. win, everybody thinks one, he, he was the runner up, but he was just like everybody, average we did Pesach out there. I mean, it was literally like all the Jews and she would come in and go like, boy, when I got rid of those guys yesterday <laughs> i got down on my knees and prayed to jesus and all of our penises and testicles like went up into our bodies because we're like you're you're preaching to the wrong That's people hysterical. here it was really really funny so yes yeah, so we were basically all jews out there so what did you learn being on a reality show <sighs> you know well first of all you know when i was out there um i didn't get along with everybody <laughs> because i they were they i was 30 and they were mostly younger than i right. was um and so they were diving in the pool and drinking beer and pushing each other around and stuff and i was like look i'm over this at this point i'm not a killjoy believe me i can party with the best of them but it, i wasn't a fraternity house <laughs> kind of guy at that point and so um they didn't like me and I didn't like them that much. And so I was known for getting an egg cracked on my head. <laughs> the guy who was the ass on the show. His name was Zach. He came along while I was just talking to somebody and cracked an egg on my head. And this became the focal point of the first episode and a half. And I'm sitting here going, I've got to go into meetings with the heads of, you know, Symantec and what well, they do Norton and the virus. But like um, at the time I was in the dot-com industry working for Sony and all that. And it's like, I don't want to go into meetings. Right, you're the, the schmuck that got the egg. egg yeah, exactly. Right. And so it really bothered me. In the end, it made me memorable and people really liked me because of it because I handled it well. How'd you um, handle it? Well, I mean, I, I I was really unhappy with it. It was fine and I didn't do much. But then at the end of the second episode when I did get booted, um, and I really did do this, but off camera, I took his toothbrush and cleaned the toilet with it. Ooh. And so they caught me saying that to him and then they interspersed it with footage of him brushing his teeth and her saying, Met Zach has bad breath. That's hysterical. So, so people really liked me because of yeah. it because I kind of handled it like, okay, fine, you want to do that? 
okay. And I kind of did it on the down low because right. he would have kicked my ass. Um, he, was, he was like a roid rage douchebag. Oh my God. Um, and I haven't spoken to him since I left the house. I, I speak to everybody else, but not really? him. Yeah. And, um, I don't hold a grudge against him. I don't care. I just don't care. But yeah. I mean, what's the point? I, like, yeah. You know, it's whatever. Um, but um, but that being said, uh, we it, it wasn't a very fun experience when I was there that much. <laughs> but I'm also appreciative enough that I went through – you have to understand when people are booted first off their show, it's not that they loved the person and really wanted to stay. It's that you have to think. You've gone through multiple interviews. You've gone all the way out there. You've taken off or quit your job. And you don't want to do all that to turn around in two days and come back home. Like right. So – you have you have an investment of time and energy into the show, and you don't want to just come back. So I debated leaving the show. I was giving her a massage uh, on, during our date, and I I like interior design personally, and and yes, I'm straight. But that being said, <laughs> I was giving her a massage, and and this will come back because I'm a Disney geek too. Um, I was giving her a massage, and she was like, "Oh, I was an interior design student, so I'm trying to find things to bond with her." And I go, "Oh, really? I love Kareem Rashid's work. You know, Eames. I'm a nut for mid-century modern." And she was like, "Who are they?" And I was going, "Okay, no, <laughs> no, get me out of here, get me out of here." So I was just trying to figure out if I was just going to voluntarily leave, right? But then they're going to paint me to look like the asshole. So you just kind of stick it out at a certain point. She was a beautiful person. She's a really sweet girl. Did but you just have to not pretend to like her? Well, you have to also think, when we went out there, it was all men on the crew except for one intern, which we all lusted after, right? So, And we're there for a week. I mean, they could have sent Roseanne Barr in there and we were ripped <laughs> up against her like a chihuahua. You know what I mean? Like, so, so yeah, I was totally head over for her because I hadn't seen, you know, a female in weeks. And to top it all off, there was a gay compound next to ours. Because it was Palm Springs, right? And so all of these these gay men kept peering over the wall. <laughs> like, why are all these 12 guys, 13 guys, all together without a girl? <laughs> you know, and they're not coming over to say hi to our That's party. That's hilarious. Yeah, it was really, it was really what awkward. What a crazy experience. I'm assuming you got next to no money. Oh, no. The, I, so the only thing, it was, so there was actually a lawsuit about it, which I was not involved wow. in, to be clear. But um, that, this that particular it was, show? From that show, wow. that it was, a ga- they wrote it up as a game show contract, but there was no prize. I mean, the prize was a trip with the girl and you get her number or something. Oh, so, wow. Which they never took, by the way. I don't think the winners. But um, so there was a lawsuit about that it should have been written up as a game show contract. We should have been given a standard rate while we're there. At the end of the day, the only thing I got from the show, literally the only thing, was a T-shirt and a hat that said Average Joe. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go to the bar wearing that so and go, didn't even hey, ladies, you went, yeah. look at what show I've been on. Like, you know, like, I mean, it was great. I'll tell you what, though, washed my car cleaner than any T-shirt I've That's ever funny. used. That's so funny. So not, yeah. not a dime other than that? Literally not a dime. Wow. Not a dime. And and things have changed. This is in 2003, so things yeah, have changed since then. That's incredible. Um, but the fun part for me was once I was done with the show right. because they, we filmed the show in April and it didn't air till November. And so there's eight months I'm sitting there shitting myself that I'm going to be the ass on the show. Right. right? Because the thing is you, you don't, when you're on the show, you think to yourself, look, um, I'm going to back up and say this. People all the time say you can't use your words against you. Those are your words. Right. And I'm going, well, this is what bothered me. I was worried they were going to do an, an OTF, an interview with me, and say, do you like John? And I'm going to say, no, I don't like John. And they're going to say, why don't you like John? And I'm going to say, because he said, I don't like black people. And I don't want to associate with somebody who says that. Okay, fine. And I'm going to watch the show eight months later, and they're going to go, Mark, what do you think of black people? I'm going to go, I don't like black people. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, the they're your words, but they can mess rea- with you. Right, and the fact that you realize that, I mean, honestly, the whole story, and I know you know this because of your job now, but mm-hmm. like, 
what producers and networks prey on are the fact that you're not thinking about that. You have no self self awareness, and the and the uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. The perfect mm-hmm. reality uh, cast member is somebody who is off the deep end in one direction but completely not self-aware about it. That's the person you want to put on there because they think they're always right. I mean, it's Donald Trump, right? I mean, and he's a reality star. Go figure. It's true. You know, so so I think that's what they're looking for. I am self-aware. So for me, I mean, I was a psychobiology major. Like I said, I went to med school. So to me, the whole reason for going on the show wasn't to find love. I mean, if it happened, cool, but I actually had a girlfriend at the time, <laughs> which was a really great phone call. Hey, babe, how you doing? And she wanted to be an actress. Oh, uh, so it was like, um, yeah, I'm going to go off and go be famous and date another girl on TV. See, bye. So it was really an awkward thing. But we did actually date for another nine months. Very sweet girl afterwards, but um, <laughs> an actress. And we'll leave it at that. So um, where was I? Oh, uh, you lost anal- analysis. So to me, I did the show for carpe diem purposes. It was just because I sit on the couch and I watch shows and I go, I wouldn't do that. That guy's an idiot. And when push came to shove and I had a chance to test myself, I decided, okay, you know what? I'm going to put my money where my mouth right. is and see if I'm as cool as I think I am, right? Which I am not. I do not <laughs> you figure that cool. out quickly. Yeah. Um, in the end, even though I wasn't myself out there, the producers were so good that they figured out me pretty well and hmm. they showed me very positively on the show and I, I wasn't the ass running around right but, but at the same time like i did have conflict with some of the guys and instead they made me the sarcastic little intelligent guy making the snide peanut gallery comments right. which is me so um so they figured me and people liked me because yeah of it. yeah so it was the voice of reason it, exactly right like so so at the end um it was really satisfying because I got off the show and people really liked me. And it was sort of like, it's a, it's an interesting psychological test because it's a rare opportunity to have an editor and a producer decide their image of you and how they're going to portray you to other people and how other people react. It's interesting. And so to me, it's a rare opportunity to analyze yourself and say from a third party, um, who am I? You know, who do I come across to people? And it was really I think that's true. But I think what you hit on is something sort of what's one of the tenets of reality TV, which is you're a lot of things, right? So they Mm -hmm. cut one version of you. Now, luckily, it happened to be a version that was consistent with how you see yourself and one that showed you in a relatively positive light. Mm -hmm. But you're right in the sense that in another version, in another person's hands or another producer's hands, another editor's hands, you could have been the asshole that was instigating fights with all the guys in the house that hated black people. So right, yeah. it's just, you well, got lucky. Well, but but I think it comes down to the casting. So people always say, yeah. so when you're on a reality show and you're being recognized, which I was for a while, for about a year, I was, quote, famous. And and I knew it was temporary and I got the joke. <laughs> I mean, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. You loved it. The after effects were fantastic and yeah. great. And and that's how the agency came about, which we'll get to in about 2025, yeah, we, right? Yeah, we got to get, get Sorry, yeah, your editor is probably like already taking notes. So, um, but but I think that um, look of all the people that I've known, I've known probably over two thousand people on different reality shows. I can on one hand list the ones who got a bad edit. Okay, interesting. It, it is. It so you is think rare. it is reflective? Really. It is. Yeah, yeah. I, I do, and I think I think you present yourself a certain way to the world, yeah. and if you're going to wear purple suits and have yeah. a high fade. Um, people get a certain impression of you right off the bat. And I think that's what they figure out. Um, my producers didn't play with... The, the other thing, too, is they didn't play with the facts. They were pretty good. Um, and most shows are pretty good, actually. People want to say when you're famous, they come up to you and say, hey, I, I'm on the, in the know. I, I know it's not real. And you're going, unfortunately, 
it's real. Yeah. And, and it's a game show. So legally, they can't mess with things. Right. But um, I say the details are messed with. Yes. But the but the story is accurate. Yeah. No, I think um, that's true. So they, they're not going to invent a gay relationship between right. two guys on The Bachelor unless there was some actual thing like that. But the 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 interviews they use to tell the story may be disjointed or from other Well, that's true. But it's not just that. It's What people don't realize is that like in a, in a dating show specifically, like The Bachelor or Average Joe – um, you know, there's a lot of smart people, producers, editors that are story editors that are looking at the footage from day one and saying, okay, who can, who's Mark? Who's Joe? Mm-hmm. Who's Darren? Uh, well, Darren's the villain. Okay. Well, then when the producer goes out to do a testimonial with Darren on day two, the producer starts to produce Darren as the villain. Exactly. And either Darren's realizing it or he's not, but he's mm-hmm. starting to feed into the image that they're creating. And again, I'm not saying Darren's the salt of the earth sweet guy, because you're right. There's mm-hmm. got to be truth There's a component there. of exactly. that. Exactly. Sure. And probably he is an asshole. Mm-hmm. But but it's all sort of— um, Or he's really playing them. Yeah. Right. And, and like, you know, yeah. Scott Disick from Kardashians has mm-hmm. said, like, that he plays up, you know, his role of the villain. And he gets it. I personally actually don't think that's true. I think mm-hmm. he's a legitimate asshole. asshole. Yeah. Um, I don't know him. But yeah. but I think that that helps that helps fuel the narrative of like, ah, it's just me on TV. Yeah. No, I, I think that's I think that's completely true. And I think um, it, it's it's a psychologically complex scenario. It if is. you really look at it. I've had I've actually had discussions with Dr. Drew about this. Yeah. Um, because he did some research into suicide rates and things of that after reality shows. And, you know, oh, my God, there was a period where. I think three or four people died off reality shows. Yikes. And it was like, oh my God, is, is reality show right, causing people, this? Right. And it's like, no, it's it's just about down to the casting. And I think if you cast a show well, you don't need to fake things. Right. If I if I take That's a, a KKK point. member and a Black Panther and I put them in a room together, I know I'm going to get sparks. I don't have to fake anything. Yeah. And you're, you're absolutely right also on the production side. They're smart. The, almost no reality shows that I know of, and I know almost all of them, um, they don't go in there and say, hey, during the interview, I want you to say, I hate Jeff. Yeah, right. They don't do that. They manipulate you far smarter. So what they do is they call <laughs> you in. This is really big on Big Brother, and they did this to us on the show too. Yeah. But because of my background, I could figure out what they were doing. But it still messes with you, by the way, even though even if you're aware of <laughs> right. it. But you'll go into the interview, and it's just you private. So you feel like you can say whatever you want, and the other person's not going to see it for eight months. So you're like, okay, whatever. Um, and they'll say to you, well, we've got a question for you. What if John said he really thinks you're an asshole? What would you say to that? Right. It's a hypothetical. It's a hypothetical. Like, what would you say if John, you know, just really didn't like your treatment of women or whatever? And you just go, well, you know, I'm a rough guy. I'm, you know, I'm a tough guy. I don't, I have my walls up, so I don't care that John thinks that about me, but I just go like, you know, whatever. And I answer the question, but they're not going to use the answer. They don't care about the answer. They may use it if it's something good, but you go back in the house and now John's sitting there drinking a beer and you look at me and go like, um, that guy hates me. You know, they, I, I, right. I, clearly he said something to them, so right. he hates me. Now, he may have never mentioned you at right. all to them. They're fucking so they're you. fucking with you. So they're taking what they know about who you are and they're making it more extreme yeah. by asking you those questions. Yeah. So are they manipulating you? Yeah. What I tell people is reality shows, generally speaking, some are more accurate than others and it all varies, but the situation is is fake, Right, like when have you ever been stranded on a desert island right. for a million dollars? Well, right, but those your types rea- of shows. exactly. But your reactions to them are genuine. 
Right. That's right. Well, I had Lisa Renna on and we talked about that. And Lisa's very smart and very yeah, oh, yeah. savvy. And she said the producers are genius because mm-hmm. the whole thing is a mind fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh, Be- it totally is. You know, is. because oh, she's yeah. playing the game in her head. She's <laughs> like, okay, I know they're going to use that. I know they're going to say. And she still can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. So we were joking about that because I said, you know, little did you know that you still had your blind spots that they could prey on because uh, yeah, but I don't that's think how the it producers, works. But I don't think the producers are that predatory. I think that they just want to get a story out of you. And then yeah, what you say, they go back. Yeah, is the wrong word. They're smart. Yeah. They're, they're sure. making a real, an entertaining reality show. And by the way, if you go on a reality show, you're complicit in that arrangement. Oh, you're yeah. You're there to make entertainment. Like I've heard that, you know, many housewives say that. If I'm not mm-hmm. creating drama, I'm not doing my job. I'm getting paid. Yes. I'm not getting paid for you to watch me get my nails painted. Well, people always say, you know, people on reality shows are so stupid all the time, right? right. And I'm going, that's actually completely inaccurate. Mm-hmm. If you have a table of, uh, a table with five people sitting at, at it and they're like, hey, how's your day? <laughs> right, and they go exactly. like, it was like good and stuff. Right. Like that's not entertaining TV. No. You need people who have analysis skills and who can do interviews that are interesting. You know, they, they throw ringers in there. There's always one moron in every show, but, right. which hopefully isn't you, right? Yeah. You hope yeah if you can't find the moron, it's probably it's you. It's probably you. All um, right. So let's yeah. get to how, so then that experience basically got you interested enough in reality TV to sort of want to be in the trenches in a way, right? Yeah. Well, again, I was a fan. And after the show aired and I was doing appearances, like we did the Today Show, we right. did, you know, all these charity events, we did VH1 shows. And they called me a lot because I like to think because they liked me and I played ball, but also because I was local, so I was cheap. They didn't have to fly me anywhere. So <laughs> right. that's what they do, by that's the way. so funny. If you ever see somebody on an after show, the <laughs> odds are they're local because it saves right. them like $1,000. Right. But, um, but so... I wound up meeting, you know, real worlders and survivors. And these were all people I was fans of before my yeah. show. And it's sort of like a high school graduating class. When you're on a show, yeah. you have your glad- graduating class from the other shows That's around you at that time. And so we'd all be at Saddle Ranch, which was the reality star hangout back in 2003. And that's just the most terrible sentence I think I've ever said, except for, hi, this is Mark from Tinder. Um, <laughs> but uh, we would all be sitting out there. <laughs> And tourists would walk by and we'd be sitting out there and it'd be an apprentice and an average Joe (laughs) and a real worlder. And they're like, oh my God, did I just walk into the seventh circle of hell? So we all became friends. And the booking agencies out there, and this continues to this day, they were all shady, almost without exception. Right. They were guys in Oklahoma who knew how to use Quicken and convince people they were managers. Interesting. And I came from Microsoft and Disney. And I was like, you know, I'm a fan of this. These are my friends. I've always looked for the the big idea to just so I could work for myself because I hate someone dumber than me telling me what to do with my day. And uh, and I thought, you know, maybe I can pull this off. And and I was stupid enough to think I could. My parents were like, you, you're the stupidest person on earth. There's no way this is going to work. And I'm like, yeah, there is no way in hell this is going to work. But, uh, you know, it's a rare opportunity. I've got to try. So I called a couple of my friends. And actually, the one who convinced me to really do it was Sarah Kozer, who was on Joe Millionaire. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I remember her. Sarah's great. She's yeah. the sweetest girl. Pretty. Very intelligent. Um, she just had a child. Um, and so Sarah and I were friends. And I said to her, look. I had an agency at the time who realized that I had all these friends and they were trying to poach my list and hire me. They were going to dump me like six months later, probably just take my list and I'd just be back to square one. And Sarah's like, look, you're you're smarter than these guys. Go do it. Just try it. You know, you've got the money. Do it. So who was your first client? Um, 
Well, I, I, th- there's no way to answer that because I sent out an email to all my friends. Got so it. I had about 60 of them. Oh, and so wow. like, would you let me rep you? And all of them came back saying, yes, everybody's shady and you're not. So I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. So I, you know, took spit and polish and put it together like a $300 website, which the website I have now, I paid a lot more for and it still doesn't work. But that's another <laughs> story. Say, is that the one now? No, it was really bad back then. It was brochureware, <laughs> right. you know, because um, I only had 60 people when I started growing and growing. And what happened is, is people from shows would get off their shows and then they would get on social media and they, they go, they'd be friends with previous bachelors or previous right. drag and racers. And they bring or, all them on. And they say, look, go call Mark. Mark's the one who friends. gets me stuff. They two friends. And, so. and, you know, I pride myself on my integrity. Like, yeah. you know, we're, we're really honest. As a matter of fact, when I started the agency, and this was a huge mistake, but I let the talent get paid and let them pay out to me. And it wasn't until I became a bill collector three years later, and that was the bulk <laughs> of my time getting flaky reality people to give me my money that I, I swapped yeah. it around. But I wanted to be so trustable. That I was saying, look, I, I'm going to let you have the money first, you know? And, and so that's how right. I- Right. So you had yeah, to change, right. right. There was no, so now you're never in a position, unless I guess it's a flaky vendor or whoever. There, but You but, have them. But you're never right. You're not in a position of having to rely on these people that are never going to give you your look, money. Look, it's hard enough to get them to do the jobs <laughs> right. half the time. I mean- What it, happens if they don't show up? Is that um, I you? refund the money. Yeah. You know, like it's not about business. It's not about contracts. It's about me looking myself in the mirror. I mean, if I told you that, um, you know, somebody from Teen Mom uh, is going to show up at your your event, uh, and by the way, I don't mean like bar mitzvah, but I mean right. like, you know, a, a, sign, a book signing or whatever, and they just get sick and don't show up or I can't get them on the phone or whatever. And this is very, very, very rare, by the way. It's happened maybe three times in 13 years. So just to be clear. But... Um, yeah, I'm going to refund the money to the client. They paid for something they didn't get. I feel right. bad about it. I, you know. So, are you mostly doing? Is it at this point the, the people coming to you on uh, saying, you know, we want Macy from Teen Mom at this event, or are you, are you having to go out and hustle for your people, or is it mostly you just managing all the requests that come in for all of these? So there's there's a lot of of ways that we do. It's a great. It's actually a really good question. Um, so in the college, each market has a different pro and con in the way you approach it. In the college market. There's a convention called NACA, and there it's where all the students. So if you, if you went to college, if anybody listening to this went to college, which, <laughs> we have a few. I yeah, I was gonna say like you know it's like you know all three of you. Um, <laughs> you know when when somebody famous would come to your campus or you'd have a yeah a, we had John event. Stewart, Ellen See, DeGeneres, Stewart, yeah exactly right. They they found them through NACA. So NACA is the big oh, convention. Okay. So we have a booth, and the the giant convention actually happened last week, and I had uh, Shangela from Paul's Drag Race performing, and we got mobbed after that. Really? I mean, oh, mobbed. I mean, students, drag queens are the thing right now okay. in the college market. So um, in the college market, we don't just do fun, stupid stuff. We try to find the people on shows who have a message and a meaning and can can verbalize that. <laughs> Ironically, I just stumbled on verbalize. <laughs> but who could verbalize that in a, yeah. in a, in a lecture setting and be educational. So we have uh, we've done a lot. Uh, we have transgender uh, yeah. cast members like Isis from Top Model, um, she, RuPaul's Drag Race, you know, do drag shows and LGBTQ rights. But we also um, work with Macy from Teen Mom. We and is the Amber. message with yeah. Teen Mom, the Teen Mom moms, not to have not to no. have a kid? No, we don't do that because that's hypocritical. So what, what Macy is the comes and talks about specifically in Macy's case, she'll come to campus and say, "Look, 
you may have roadblocks in your life. And it's not a general motivational yes, we can speech because I hate that. But you, those roadblocks may have been caused by yourself or your naivete. Right. But you have two choices in how you deal with that. You can, you know, just sit around and say, woe is me, or you can pick yourself up. Because Macy went to college during all of this and still got her degree. And she's been a very successful businesswoman in the spare time. I love Macy, by the way. So I'm going to gush all, all year long about her. She's fantastic. And she's as great as what you see on TV. Um, you know, Amber from Teen Mom, she fought alcohol abuse, uh, and substance abuse. And so she comes to campus and talks about her battles with that. Okay. Um, so we really want, want to get gain understanding. And, and actually, I've started working with a few non-reality people, um, just who I happen to meet and or know. Um, so I have somebody from Walking Dead. He's Latino. And he, he discusses um, media and, and their uh, and the, the media's portrayal of Latinos um, and sort of how that affects him and his career and that sort of thing. We have beautiful, lovely woman, Alicia Reiner. Um, she's on Orange is the New Black. And I love her. her. Alyssa, I thought. Yeah, Alyssa Reiner. Yeah. <laughs> Alicia, Alicia Reiner. Yeah, it's pronounced oh, Alicia. Pronounced? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I love her. She's amazing. Yeah. And she always plays the bitch on her shows. Yeah. She's like the sweetest, nicest, almost like hippy-dippy kind of girl. She's yeah. so awesome. And yeah. she talks about being eco-friendly. Okay. We're doing a new one about female empowerment because she actually started a female-focused production company. Um, but she's awesome. And I met it? her. Our kids went to school yeah. together. Was she in that movie about the Wall Street women? Was that her? Am I, I don't know. With Anna Gunn? Keep in mind, by the way, I don't watch anything that yeah. isn't reality because I okay, just don't have got the time. It. Anyway, I, but, I know her and I like her. But she's she's amazing. And so yeah. she she gets great feedback. So you know, we're branching out to do a couple of things That's outside cool. of that as well. And she's, she's just awesome. And then how is it just you or do you have associates that work with Me you? Me and my 10 personalities. Um, <laughs> it's it's hard because if I'm out for a day, yeah. the whole thing comes to a grinding right. halt. That's and that's, that's something that entrepreneurs deal with a lot. So okay. I have a large stable of clients that we've worked with in the past. So when I get somebody new, if you've got over 100, 150,000 Instagram followers or Facebook Live has become a thing again. So Facebook really matters too now. Right. Um, but I can take them to these, new, to these cl existing clients having to go, look, you have this product or whatever. I think this new client of mine would okay. be good. And I can, I can do that. Also, um, my talent will put me as a point of contact on their Instagrams. So I field all that. That's good. And I can tell you that's a full-time job I'm in sure. itself. I mean, we get... <sighs> You know, I don't want to rag, but I do kind of want to rag. The, we get the most ridiculous incoming emails ever. And I, I sympathize a lot with people who are like, look, I really like you on the show. And that, like, that's fine yeah. and all. But we get some completely ridiculous things. There was a period over the weekend, actually, where Kale um, accidentally put my phone number up there as a point of contact. And Kale is uh, From Real Mom. Okay. Uh, from Real Mom. from Teen Mom, rather. Got it. And, uh, and literally, I got 40 phone calls in a day to see if it was Kale. And it's like, yeah, she's not putting her personal cell number wow. on her. You know, it's an agency that you're contacting oh on God. a Saturday. Um, and I immediately called her. I'm like, you got to take, take this down. Yeah, you have to just put a fake number in there because it's not not will a good idea. Email's you, fine. Right. Will you take a client that doesn't have a big social following at this point? <sighs> that's a great question. That's something that's uh, industry-wide a question. Yeah. Uh, not just reality, but in, in right. scripted. Um, you know, some like uh, you know, some of my people. I keep saying you've just got to get your Instagram numbers up. That's what casting people are looking at. Wow! Now. And I don't know how to do that. By the way, that's not my area of right. expertise. Right? Do you have someone that you refer them to, like no. a social media maven? They just have no. to find their own person. No, but I'm sure somebody's firing off an email to me right now saying, yeah. "Hey, can you refer me?" Oh, for uh, sure. Right? I, I I'd love to have a good person for that. I, I don't know how to grow Instagram numbers. It's not my area. Yeah, me neither. Um, <laughs> you just yeah. If you come to me and you've got a million Instagram followers, boom, I can make you yeah money. right. Um. You know, so so that's that's that area. And then, you know, personal appearances. Macy's was a big client for us. So all the Project Runway people knew about me. And what would happen is they'd get on the show, they get off, 
and all the previous Project Runway people say, look, the only guy who's going to help you is Mark. So they'd call me and then I would call Macy's and then I would hook them up and we would do appearances and things. And then there's random one-off weird things that yeah. happen. What's a what's an example? Um, So Disney, when they did Pete's Dragon last year, um, they contacted me for Janelle from Teen Mom. They wanted Janelle to come and just see the movie. They were going to fly. They flew her out here to see it and they paid her. Um, and to, to just post on Instagram wow. and, and Facebook about it. So they flew her and David out and, and we went down there and we watched the movie together and, and, and went to the party afterwards and, and it was great. So you yeah. hang out, I'm assuming like these clients, they want to hang out with you. You're hanging out with them. Like, what is it like to Thanks hang out? Thanks for the out? compliment. Well, I mean, I'm a, you know, <laughs> I know how, the, I know how this can be and they consider you a friend, I'm sure. I think it's more the other way around. You consider them, if you want to hang out with them? I, no. <laughs> really? No, <laughs> that's taking it too far. <laughs> Don't go crazy here. No, it's not. Yeah, exactly. No, I think it's more that um, I'm genuine with what I do. Right. And, and so when I call a, some, a talent and I get them something, yes, I make my money and yes, they made money on that. But I just, I get excited because mm-hmm. I'm I'm happy for them. That's awesome. Um, we did a gig last year with Amber from Teen Mom and she uh, spoke on alcohol abuse on an Indian reservation, Native American reservation. And I went along for that. Um, and I don't go on all the events, but sometimes I do. And it was really great to see her. And, and, and I interviewed her on stage for these kids and literally her story was so compelling. I was like crying as the wow. interview. I had to kind of stop. Yeah. Um, so I'm really genuine. And yeah, so and it seems you like know, it's win-win. And what's cool is that like the conceit of the show that they are on may not necessarily have good intentions or mm-hmm. or even be socially redeemable. Yeah. But it seems like a lot of what's happening after is. And that's pretty cool. I try that. I mean, look, I don't want to take. Look, I went to med school, right? right? So where everything you do has meaning. Right. Um, I don't want to put myself... Get, right. Yeah. You know, I don't want... Yeah, let's not care. Everybody thinks they're doing God's work on this earth. I'm <laughs> I'm babysitting reality stars. Let's get real. <laughs> but at the same time, though, there have been some things that I was really proud of. I took um, Nikki McKibben and we put her on... I don't know who she is. is she, American Idol, season okay. one. Um, you, you, didn't, you didn't watch the first I did season? watch season one. Oh, yeah, she I was the punk like the girl with like the... the per- okay. You would recognize it's, her in a second. that's a long time ago. Oh, but this story is from a long time okay. ago. But, but we, we took her and she was having substance abuse and drinking problems. Uh, mostly drinking, I think. And uh, and I, I got her cast on Celebrity Rehab. And we're here now years later and she's still sober. And wow. so it changed that, her life. That's amazing. And, you know, I think to myself, if I hadn't, you know written or called on that Craigslist ad years ago and been stupid and or smart enough to start this agency, she could be dead. Wow. And, and I, that really makes me happy because she's a beautiful person. That's amazing. Um, we had Joey Kovar from Real World Hollywood yeah. on, I put him on Celebrity Rehab and he passed away about a year and a half later, unfortunately, from substance abuse. And I spoke to his family a couple of days. I was really broken up about it because he was the sweetest guy mm. He was he was this pink mushy sweet guy in a steroid road rage uh, yeah. ro- roid rage body, um, and so he was just the nicest sweetest human I think I literally ever met. And yeah. I, I'm not just eulogizing him, yeah, no, because he he's seemed, dead. He seems so. I watched every season of Celebrity Rehab. He's okay, yeah, like a sweetheart. He he really was. When we first went to a NACA convention, I brought him to the college conventions. Um, he didn't have a hotel and he was broke. And he said, "Look." can I stay in your room? I'm like, of course you can. You know, I'll get a room with two beds. He goes, no, no, I'll just sleep in the bathtub. 
He's like, I grew up sleeping in the bathtub. I'm like, you're my friend. You're not sleeping in the bathtub. He's like, well, I'm used to that. I'm like, you're on a TV show now and and you're my friend. If you have anything to say, that's not going to happen to you now. Okay. That's what I'm here to help. So he was just the sweetest guy. And again, I'm not, people die and they could have been Hitler and they go, oh, well, he was really nice to birds or something. You know, like I I said this stuff about him before he passed away. Yeah, that's true. So that being said, um, he... I talked to his family afterwards and they said to me, you know, honestly, if you hadn't intervened and gotten him on the show, he'd have been dead, you know, a year and a half ago. So we got more time with him as a result. So thank you. And that really meant a lot to me. That meant the world to me. So yes, I, you know, am I doing, I, I've put American idols at a bar mitzvah before, you know, and I've, I've taken people to do educational lectures on college campus. Am I doing God's work, you know, for lack of a better term? No, but at the same time, if we change some people's minds, I mean, I say to myself, look, if we're booking, uh, you know, a thousand college gigs a year or what have you, and one person gets dragged into an LGBT, one homophobic ass gets dragged into an LGBTQ lecture by his girlfriend because she's a fan of the show. And at the end of it, we have that guy thinking, you know, all right, maybe gay people aren't that bad or what have you. Then I feel like I've done my job. Yeah. You know, so, so what's the craziest request you've ever gotten? We get a lot of uh, birthday in Vegas sort of requests. <laughs> we did one of them, actually, with with Real and Chance, who's also passed away. That's his name. Um, they, they met this really sweet lady, and she wanted them, and she had a lot of money. We get those requests a lot, and we rarely do them. I mean, I think, again, in 13 years, we've done two or three of them. Because but they've turned out the nicest ones, actually, funny enough, because they were really sweet people. Right, but I would think the money there would be pretty good. Well, it is, but it's also prohibitive. Like, people write me all the time and go, like, hey, can Macy come to my my bas mitzvah? Which nobody watching Team Mom is being bas mitzvah. But you get the <laughs> reference. Uh, you know, and I'm like, yeah, sure, it's $10,000. I go, oh, well, will she come for $500? i am like, no, she won't. You yeah, know, and so, right, so we get a lot of free requests. Right. Oh, will they post if we give them free product? And my answer is no. And they sometimes they understand usually, but sometimes they'll get pissy about it. Right. And, and here's the thing. They go, well, it's only 30 seconds of work. You know, why are they being so snooty about it? Well, my answer is it's not 30 seconds of work. First of all, I've built up this agency. I actively advertise. That costs money. I have a client list and a talent list. Macy or whoever, we're just talking about Macy, but my talent, they've spent seven years dealing with network negotiations, network contracts, having a camera colonoscopy on their whole life that whole time. And they've built up their social media hook, line, and sinker and worked to get that. They didn't do that to promote your business. They did that so that they could ret- get a return on that investment. And so, That's you know. That's a great way to put it. It's, it's true. And, and you know, look, think about your life. If you had a camera on you 24-7, you were walking down the street and people go, Teen Mom sucks. And and you have to, every time you move in any direction, radar online is yeah. reporting what a bitch right. you are or whatever. No, it's true. That's the negative. The positive side is, frankly, they earn an income and they have benefits as a result. Right, when they had no way that you really could have done that before. Yeah, they're most they're, likely. Exactly. And I and I sympathize with the small business owner because I'm one. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, it's sort of like I wouldn't expect somebody to give me ten thousand dollars worth of free advertising in exchange <laughs> for an eyelash brush. You know, it's like <laughs> right. I, you know, and we do post for crazy products sometimes. So I know? imagine that your business is a volume business because a lot of this stuff is not big money. So you have to make sure you do the thousand appearances on college campuses, et cetera. That's a that's a great question too. The bulk of the business is volume, I suppose. But yeah. it's 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 calmed down. I mean look, I an agency offered to buy me out. And I and and have me work for them and bring my client list to them. This is about four years ago, five years ago. 
and I have a very positive relationship. They're, they're fantastic, these people. But um, it got to a point where I just, I, it's enough money for an individual. I live a comfortable life and things are great. But for William Morrison Endeavor to create a, a, a division that does this, you need millions of dollars in income. And, you know, I'm not pulling down $10 million a year off of this, you know, at a 20% commission. So um, it, it's not something that's appealing to a larger agency. But to me, it's it's given me an absolutely lovely lifestyle. I have a six year, five and a half year old daughter. I'm rounding up. Um, I have a five and a half year old daughter. She gets off school at three o'clock. Well, I can stop my agency and go and pick her up and we spend time together and I don't have to worry about a nanny or, you know, asking my boss for time off if she's sick. She's actually sick today. When I go home now, I'm going to pick her up and we're just going to probably chill out a little bit because she's sick. Those are all things that, um, that you get to as an entrepreneur, if you're lucky, and I am very lucky, don't get me wrong. Um, that's just beautiful about this lifestyle. And so hiring more people and that sort of thing, it's something I struggle with. Um, it would give me more time, but less income. Um, and I have to, I'm constantly evaluating whether that's the right direction to take this in. Do you just take what you have that you're happy with? And say, look, I'm earning a comfortable income. This is great. Or do you shoot for the moon and say, I want to earn $10 million a year. I need to grow this and grow this and grow this. But the headaches that go along with that. Yeah, it's 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 sort of the um, the good good problems to have. But it, yeah. they are real in the sense of it's ultimately what matters. What kind of life do you really want? And what are the trade-offs? Oh, absolutely. I mean, year one of this business, I made zero dollars. Literally, right. <laughs> I didn't get a single booking. And year two, I broke even. Yeah. And year three, I was in the black, and I've been in the black ever since. Mm-hmm. And that is huge. Yeah. And I I told you, I was just throwing shit against the wall to right. see what sticks. Any entrepreneur who tells you, oh, I know exactly what I'm doing is full of utter crap. Yeah. They're just trying to convince you that, they're like Donald Trump. They're just trying to convince you yeah. of their reality. Um, I'm fallible. I screw up plenty, you know, but- I've managed to make this work and I've, I've been able to help a lot of really good people. Look, reality stars are vilified a lot, okay? It's like, oh, you're on a reality show? Oh, you're on Teen Mom? Right. Oh, you're on Real Housewives <laughs> or what have you? You know, or Bachelor especially. Um, and a lot of those people are actually really good people. And, and I don't judge a person based on their show. I do it on our personal interactions. Yeah. Um, and if I had based it on the show, I would have denied myself some really great friendships. Over That's the a years. really good point. I think I sort of learned that lesson, how we just going back to how we started. Now we're wrapping up that, you know, I have my own judgments. I'm like, oh, he represents, you know, has been reality stars. And really, like, mm-hmm. these are all people who have chosen to, you know, personally line my pockets in some ways because mm-hmm. I produced this stuff. For years and um, and no shame in it. You know what I mean? Like there are some despicable people and I'm sure you're not going to rep those people. I have. But <laughs> but I know. But the thing is, I know what I'm dealing with. Right. Like, you know, I. How do you do that, though? How do you deal with that headache? Is it worth it? No, it's not worth it. So you've learned and, that lesson. Well, there was a period of the of the agency where, you know, if one person backed out or whatever, I, it would screw me over. Right. You know, now I'm at a point where. um you know, Teen Mom is, is my primary, and that's going to go on for a while because yeah. it's MTV's main show. But um, but I'm spread out enough that no one person can wreck my agency, <laughs> right. which is nice. And the people who are my bigger people, like Macy, um, I, she's just a good person. I love yeah. Macy to death, and I totally man crush on Taylor. He's awesome. And they're just good human beings. And so I don't have any worries when it comes to them. Yeah. Um, you know, there are 
there are some that uh, have given me pretty big headaches. But, you know, if a client comes to me and wants them, I let them know, well, they're going to give you a headache. Yeah. If you still want me to progress with this, right. I will. Right. But, um, you know, that's something a lot of people don't realize either is that, you know, they'll come to me and they'll, they'll give me a hard time or they'll negotiate with me. When I'm on their team, I'm here to negotiate with the client and protect my talent. Right. And sometimes they'll, they won't get that dynamic properly. And I'm going, look, you don't really get it. I have another five people from your season. Yeah. If you're a pain in the ass and somebody really wants you, I'm going to try and steer them to the other person. Right. And it's not vindictive. It's not, it's not because I hate you or something like that. It's, it's because I have to make sure you're going to show up and you're going to do your job properly. It reflects on my agency. So it's, yeah. it's a concern. Again, luckily though, as drama filled as that sounds, it's happened maybe three times in 13 years. I right. mean, it, it's it's very, very rare. It, it's far more common that the talent kisses my ass thinking yeah. like I'm going to get them more gigs, right. which right. I don't do. I just like people. Like, you know, if you're yeah. nice to me, I'm just nice to you. Like, yeah. I, you know, I, 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 I went into this because I like those relationships and I like those people. But there have been some that have been iffy. Yeah, um, I'll bet. You know. This has been very illuminating because I feel like this is one aspect of the business that we haven't really covered. Um, and well, so, you. and also it's be, the, one of the reasons we haven't is because it's sort of, you've carved out this unique niche for yourself and it's working for you. Yeah. And, and yeah. And it's, and it's always good for people to have protection and representation and you're having fun, you're working for yourself. So it's like a win-win. Uh, that is the hardest part of this is convincing that it's worth giving up the percentage to some of these people. And you're just going, I mean, right. I have some people on number one network shows and they try to handle the contracts themselves. I'm like, you are getting wow. because they don't want to give up the percentage. Do you work with a lawyer? Uh, yeah, I do. And and actually, uh, I work really closely with Abrams a lot of times. Yeah. Alec Shankman, I don't know if you know who knows. Yeah, I do. Alec is awesome. Yeah, I know of him. I don't know. He's him he is a genius and he and, yeah. and that's a word I don't use lightly. Yeah. Um but he is especially coming from med school and working with Microsoft <laughs> and Disney, right? I mean, he really is a genius. Wow. And he knows how to take care of things so well. And so I I'll bring my talent to him because I can wholeheartedly, you know, say you're going to be doing a lot better um working with a major agency, you know, and and so I'm I'm happy to do that. I want to make huh. sure that my talent's well taken care of and he's great with them. That's interesting. Well, thank you so much for for talking and and sharing the stories and uh, your honesty. It's been really interesting. Everybody's like going to go run and try to find Oh, this is the last thing. It's it was it used to be that you couldn't find Average Joe online because it was around before YouTube. It's on Hulu? They put it on the NBC uh, they have like an archive somewhere you can see old shows oh. now. So now all my, like if I'm going out on a new date, I don't want her to know because she's going to go see. I've never seen the show sober. Oh, that's hilarious. I can't wait to check it out. Oh Thank my you God. for letting it's, us know. I have a soul patch and an earring. It's a nightmare. <gasps> oh, that's I, I look good like stuff. a smash mouth reject. It's, it's <laughs> horrific. All right. So everybody go find Average no, Joe's don't do season that. one. Go find me. Book somebody through me. That's right. That's, that's, and go to, uh, what is your website? Well, the the crappy website is realmanagement.com. It's R-E-E-L management.com. Okay, good. Um, but uh, yeah, if you're looking for a reality person for, you know, to be on TV or casting or a promotion or what have you, that's, that is what we do. And I also recognize that it's my norm, but not everybody else's. Right. So when they reach out to me, they're like, what do we do? I'm like, don't worry. It's not rocket science. We'll, 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 we'll figure it out. It. Yeah, we'll get you through it. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. It was fun. 